Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Narayanam Namaskritya Naram Chaiva Narotamam Devim Sarasatim Vyasam Tato Jayam Udhiraya We're reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 2. Text number eight. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Dharma Swanustita Pungsam, Vishwaksena Katasuya, Nutpariya Yadiratim, Shrama Evahi Kevalam. Dharma Occupation. Swanushtita, executed in terms of one's own position. Pumsam, of humankind. Vishvaksena, the personality of God had plenary portion. Katasu, in the message. Ya, what is. Na, not. Utpareye, does produce. Yari, if. Ratim, attraction. Shramaha, useless labor. Eva, only. He, certainly. Kevalam, entirely. The occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the personality of God. Dharma Swanustita Pumsam Vishraksena Katasuya Notpareyed Yadiratim Shrama Evahi Kevalam. Again, the translation is the occupational activities a man performs according to his own position are only so much useless labor if they do not provoke attraction for the message of the personality of Godhead. Purport. There are different occupational activities in terms of man's different conceptions of life. To the gross materialists who cannot see anything beyond the gross material body, there is nothing beyond the senses. Therefore, his occupational activities are limited to concentrated and extended selfishness. Concentrated selfishness centers around the personal body. This is generally seen amongst the, the lower animals. Extended selfishness is manifested in human society and centers around the family, society, community, nation, and world with a view to gross bodily comfort. Above these gross materialists are the mental speculators who hover aloft in the mental spheres. Their occupational duties involve making poetry and philosophy or pro propagating some ism with the same aim of selfishness limited to the body and the mind. But, the but above the body and mind is the dormant spirit soul whose absence from the body makes the whole range of bodily and mental selfishness completely null and void. But less intelligent people have no information of the need of the spirit soul. Because foolish people have no information of the soul and how it is beyond the purview of the body and mind, they're not satisfied in the performance of their occupational duties. 
the question of the satisfaction of the self is raised herein. The self is beyond the gross body and subtle mind. He is the potent active principle of the body and mind. Without knowing the need of the dormant soul, one cannot be happy simply by emolument of the body and mind. The body and mind are but superfluous outer coverings of the spirit soul. The spirit soul's needs must be fulfilled simply by cleansing the cage of the bird. One does not satisfy the bird. One must actually know the needs of the bird himself. Please mute yourselves. The need of the spirit soul is that he wants to get out of the limited sphere of material bondage and fulfill his desire for complete freedom. He wants to get out of the covered walls of the greater universe. He wants to see the free light and the spirit. That complete freedom is achieved when he meets the complete spirit, the personality of Godhead. There is a dormant affection for God within everyone. Spiritual existence is manifested through the gross body and mind in the form of perverted affection for gross and subtle matter. Therefore, we have to engage ourselves in occupational engagements that will evoke our divine consciousness. This is possible only by hearing and chanting the divine activities of the Supreme Lord in any occupational activity which does not help one to achieve attachment through hearing and chanting the transcendental message of Godhead is said herein to be simply a waste of time. This is because other occupational duties, whether whatever ism they may belong to, cannot give liberation to the soul. Even the activities of the salvationists are considered to be useless because of their failure to pick up the fountainhead of all liberties. The gross materialist can practically see that his material gain is limited only to time and space. <clears throat> the gross materialist can practically see that his material gain is limited only to time and space, either in this world or in the other, even if he goes up to the Swargaloka he will find no permanent abode for his hankering soul. The hankering soul must be satisfied by the perfect scientific process of devotional service. So, dharma sonustita pumsam. Pumsam means of all humankind. And there must be an execution of one's uh, dharma, or here it's translated as occupation because no one can refrain from doing something. Everyone has to be active. No one likes to be um, asked to stay at home. If people want to go out and do, make enterprise and do all kinds of things. And even if we're kept in our homes for good reason, there's a way in which we try to figure out other kinds of enterprise from home. And now the, um, some of the tech stocks are surging in which, uh, People are utilizing the, the internet in order to reach out to others and be active, as it's the nature of the soul to be active. Nahi kashit shanamapi jatu tishchatikarma krit karite karma sarva prakritir jayargunai. Krishna says no one can be inactive even for a moment. And there's a conundrum because when there's a human society, an organization of human beings, there has to be 
a systematic way in which they can be engaged. Otherwise, there's chaos and frustration. So the Varnashrama system accounts for people's psychophysiological natures and gives them an occupation that, that they can excel at. This is so one doesn't waste time. Uh, naturally, if somebody has a proclivity towards uh, intellectualism, philosophy, and so forth, he or she should be trained as a, as a Brahmana. Uh, there are people who obviously have the tendency to protect others and also to administrate, and they can be trained to augment their skills. Others who are vicious, they're just naturally good at uh, farming, cow protection, doing business, collecting money, and so forth. They can be trained as vicious. And there's a huge need for uh, expert laborers who are very good at um, putting their nose to the grindstone and getting work done. There's not many people in Kali Yuga that can do that because there's so many distractions. So if somebody has that nature and engages in that particular occupation, he or she will feel satisfied. In fact, uh, people want to go back to work now. I was just thinking the other day, why do you want to go back to work? <laughs> uh, it's because we want to work. And oftentimes I see people around my neighborhood previously, I'd, I'd look at them and I'd see how they're raking leaves or, you know, mowing lawns and things. And I think they look happy because they're engaged. They're doing something, some gainful employment. And uh, our senses have to be engaged somehow in something. It can't just remain idle. Even people sit in an airplane just for five, six hours, they start getting really um, antsy because they're not doing something. They, they look at movies, they read the same stupid in-flight magazine that's been read 50 times before. They might have even seen it, but they have to flip through the pages. They have to do something, or either that or take shelter of the mode of ignorance and go to sleep. But there's only so long you can do that. You have to work. So... Krishna mentions this in the third chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, that everyone has to do some kind of work. You can't even maintain your body without work. You have to work. But what is the purpose of work? Well, first of all, it is first and foremost, while you're doing your work, it should be bringing you closer to Krishna. And how is that judged or assessed? It is assessed by the ways in which you become more attracted to hearing about him. So, when one's performing one's duty, one should be clear that I'm doing this for Krishna. I've been allotted this particular duty because of my psychophysiological nature. Uh, and now I'm working and I'm dedicating this work to Krishna. And as one's doing that, one can morning and evening also hear from Srimad Bhagavatam or Bhagavad Gita. The, the Varnashram system is not just about work. It's not just about um, being productive, but it's about developing a, a desire to hear about Krishna. So one should reserve time morning and evening to hear about Krishna and do some chanting of Hare Krishna so that as one's doing one's work, uh, which is obligatory, then one at the same time is developing this sense of attraction for hearing about Krishna's pastimes. and. We have to hear about Sambandagan, what's our relationship with Krishna. For instance, I mentioned earlier 
that we're all part of Krishna's family, but now we're estranged from it and we're suffering. So it's a very simple principle. We like to eat. We like to eat with others. We want to have people over. We want to have fun in parties and picnics, and we want to do some service. We also want close friends. We want friends we can wrestle with. Right now, no one can wrestle. We want friends that we can uh, hang out with all day long and do things like 10 cows. We want to we want to have um, parents. Everybody loves parents. And everyone goes home on Thanksgiving in America to see their parents. Even if they hate them, they go home to see them anyway because they love, hate them. And then they want everyone wants a lover. That full absorption in somebody they just can't take their mind off of 24 hours a day. This is what fulfills the desire of the soul. And you can't fulfill it by ignoring those things and saying that uh, these things are troublesome in the end. I philosophized and I understand that um, these things are temporary. Therefore, I won't have them at all. I'll become zero. I'll become a cipher, which means nothing. And we can't do that. It won't satisfy us. So the, the answer is we have to enter into Krishna's family. And how do we do that? By hearing about Krishna. Tanama rupa charitari sukirtananu smrityo kramena rasanamanasi niyoja tishtam raje tananuragi jananugami kalam nayad akilam itupadeshasaram. That if we hear and chant about Krishna, we become naturally attracted to one of the relationships that his eternal associates in the spiritual world have. And that starts to sound really good to us. And then as we go deeper into that, we can actually follow in the footsteps of one of those associates in Rajadam, in Vrindavan, and uh, hear about how they perform their service, hear about what they're thinking about Krishna, the way that they describe him, the way they offer prayers. And we become more and more engrossed in that. And as we do, we start to enter, even as we're in this world, into Krishna's family through the process of Raga Bhakti. We're following in the footsteps of the eternal associates in Raja. And we'll develop a spontaneous attraction for being with Krishna in a particular relationship in the spiritual world. So from work in this world uh, and doing one's duty, one can naturally progress through the process of first Varnashrama and then uh, hearing and chanting simultaneously about Krishna and then developing an attraction, then one can become a, a genuine reinstated member of Krishna's family in the spiritual world. And this is the only thing that will actually satisfy the soul of, of any living entity, is this entrance into this. So Prabhupada mentions in his purport that there are various ways that people try to enjoy the subtleties of this world. For instance, through art and literature. This is uh, more on the uh, level of uh, the mind and the intellect. So there's various levels of connection we have with Krishna in this world. The first is called Annamoy, as through our eating. The, the animals, they eat and they appreciate that they're being fed. And there's some sense that I'm getting some, some nectar here by eating. Everybody has a particular tongue and they eat. And when they eat, they're connected with Krishna because Krishna is that food. He's the one who's supplying it and he is the ingredients of the food. 
And therefore the relationship a particular living entity has in a very low state of consciousness is annamoy, that food, food is everything. And that's my sustenance. And then there's uh, an elevation beyond that called pranamoy, where one starts to become aware of the importance of staying alive. I have my life, my life airs, and I'm aware that I, I'm, I'm alive in this world. And then there's Gyanamoy, where one starts to uh, appreciate the thinking power. And then Vigyanamoy, more into the intellect, where one enjoys the fine aspects of philosophy and uh, speculation and so forth. And then there's Anandamoy, which means to enter into the uh, pastimes of Krishna and to, to enter into Krishna consciousness. So if one is uh, organizing any kind of society or organizing one's life, one should endeavor to come to the highest position by engaging in bhakti yoga. And that requires uh, chanting Hare Krishna, the, 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 the names of the Lord, and recognizing that actually these are names of a person. Sometimes people take the spiritual life and they're attempting to reach Anandamoy, or the, the highest level, and um, beyond even the intellectual level is Anandamoy. And, but they don't recognize that God is a person. They think that um, they are God, they want to enjoy as a, on the level of God, or they think that God is some impersonal force. But this also won't satisfy us. We have to understand Krishna's position as the Supreme Personality of Godhead, and that he says, Aham sarvam iti bhava And that is that uh, one recognizes that actually Krishna, the personality of Krishna, is the one from whom everything else is emanating. Everything comes from him. And then one becomes uh, very much attached to Krishna and when one recognizes that by worshiping Krishna, especially by chanting his holy names, I'm watering the root of the tree, and there's nothing else to be had or no other process that is as efficient and satisfying as uh, worshiping Krishna through his name. So this morning, Shamalangi asked, I believe it was Shamalangi, where the verse is. I misled her because I told her it was in the 22nd chapter of the uh, but actually, the uh, specific verse in which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that by chanting the holy name of the Lord, one completes all the other processes, is in Madhya 15, and I'll be reading a few verses from here, starting with 104. Chaitanya Charitamrita, Madhya 15, 104. And here we have Prabhu Kahena. This, the, the Lord said, he replied, Krishna Seva, serving Krishna, Vaishnava Seva, abiding by the orders of Vaishnavas, Nirantara, without cessation, Karadu, Krishna Nam Sankirtan, chanting of the holy name of Lord Krishna. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, Madhya 15, 104, Without cessation, continue chanting the holy name of Lord Krishna. Whenever possible, serve him and his devotees, the Vaishnavas. 
105. Satya Rajbale, Vaishnava Chaniba Kimane, Ke Vaishnava Kaha Tar Samanya Lakhani. Upon hearing this, Satya Raj said, How can I recognize a Vaishnava? Please let me know what a Vaishnava is. What are his common symptoms? Smaprabhu has told him, Sir Vaishnava, so what does he look like? Prabhu Kahi, Jar Muke Shuni Eg Bar, Krishna Nam She Puja Shreshta Shabakara. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu replied, Whoever chants the holy name of Krishna just once is worshipable and is the topmost human being. How many times you have to chant? You give me one a finger to show me how many times. One time only, Kautakarnaka is definitively said. Purport, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says that a person who simply chants the holy name of Krishna once becomes perfect and should be regarded as a Vaishnava. This is confirmed by Srila Rupa Goswami as Upadeshamrita, Krishneti Yasa Giritam Manasadrieta. With such faith in the holy name, one may begin a life of Krishna consciousness. But an ordinary person cannot chant the holy name of Krishna with such faith. One should accept the holy name of Krishna to be identical with the Supreme Personality of Godhead transcendence himself. As the Padma Purana states, the holy name of Krishna is identical with Krishna and is like a Chintamani gem, a touchstone. That name of Krishna personified in sound is personified in sound. Excuse me. That name of Krishna personified in sound is therefore perfectly transcendental and eternally liberated from material contamination. Thus one should understand that the name Krishna and Krishna himself are identical. Having such faith, one must continue to chant the holy name. When one is situated on the neophyte platform, one cannot understand the devotional ingredients of a pure unalloyed devotee. However, when the novice engages in devotional service, especially in deity worship, and follows the order of a bona fide spiritual master, he is a pure devotee. Anyone can take advantage of hearing about Krishna consciousness from such a devotee and thus gradually become purified. In other words, any devotee who believes that the holy name of the Lord is identical with the Lord is a pure devotee, even though he may be in the neophyte stage. By his association, others may also become Vaishnavas. One is known as a materialistic devotee if he simply worships the deity of Hari with faith, but does not show proper respect to the devotees and to others. This is stated in Srimad Bhagavatam 11.247. Archayam eva haraye pujam yasharaye hate natad bhakti shuchanye shud sabhakta prakrita smita Yet even by associating with such a neophyte devotee, one can become a devotee also. When Lord Chaitanya was teaching Sanatana Goswami, he said, Shradavan Janhoi Bhakti Yadikari Uttama Madhyama Kanishta Shraddha Anusari Jaha Komal Shraddha She Kanishta Jan Krame Krame Teho Bhakta Haibe Uttam Rati Prema Tarantam Ye Bhakta Parantama, a person who has attained firm faith is a real candidate for advancing in Krishna consciousness. 
according to the faith, there are first class, second class, and neophyte devotees. One who has preliminary faith is called a Kanishta Adhikari or a neophyte. The neophyte, however, can become an advanced devotee if he strictly follows the regulative principles set down by, a, by the spiritual master. Therefore, it is on the basis of faith and attachment to Krishna that one can judge who is a Madhyama Adhikari or an Uttama Adhikari. It is thus concluded that even a neophyte devotee is superior to the karmis and jnanis because he has full faith in chanting the holy name of the Lord. A karmi or a jnani, regardless of his greatness, has no faith in Lord Vishnu, his holy name, or his devotional service. One may be advanced religiously, but if he is not trained in devotional service, he has very little credit on the transcendental platform. Even a neophyte devotee engaged in deity worship in accordance with the regulations set forth by the spiritual master is in a position superior to that of the fruit of worker and speculative philosopher. Text 107, Ek Krishna Name Kare Sarva Papakshai Lava, excuse me, Nava Vidha Bhakti Purna Nam Hoite Hai. Simply by chanting the holy name of Krishna once, a person is relieved from all the reactions of a sinful life. One can complete the nine processes of devotional service simply by chanting the holy name. There's your verse. So now you have to memorize it. Purport. The nine types of devotional service are mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam 7.5.23-24. Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Smaranam, Parasevanam, Archanam, Vandanam, Dasyam, Sakyam, Atmani, Vedanam, Itipumsar, Pita, Vishnu, Bhaktis, Chennavalakshana, Priyeta, Bhagavatyada, Tanmanye, Dikamutamam, the process of devotional service entails hearing, chanting, and remembering the holy name, form, pastimes, qualities, and entourage of the Lord, offering service according to the time, place, and performer, worshiping the deity, offering prayers, always considering oneself the eternal servant of Krishna, making friends with him, and dedicating everything to, unto him. These nine items of devotional service, when directly offered to Krishna, constitute the highest attainment of life. This is the verdict of the revealed scriptures. As for being freed from all sinful reactions by chanting the holy name of Krishna only once, one must chant the holy name without committing any offenses. Then chanting one name is sufficient to rescue a living being from all sinful reactions. Such a person who chants the holy name of the Lord offenselessly is very important and worshipable. Indeed, the nine devotional processes, beginning with Shravana and Kirtana, can all be attained at once if one simply chants the holy name of the Lord offenselessly. In this regard, Srila Jiva Goswami states in his book, Bhakti Sundarbha, Yadyapi Anya Bhakti Kalo Kartavya Tada Kirtanakya Bhakti Sam Yoginaiva. One out of the not excuse me, out of the nine processes of devotional service. Kirtan is very important. Srila Jiva Goswami therefore instructs that the other processes such as archanam, bandhanam, dasyam, and sakyam should be executed, but they must be preceded and followed by kirtan, the chanting of the holy name. We have therefore introduced this system in all our centers, archana, arti, bhoga art offering, deity dressing, and decoration, 
are all preceded and followed by the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So there you have it. And now we'll just take a, a few um, reflections or questions that will uh, expand and uh, benefit the conversation by taking it to, to a deeper level. Please go ahead. Thank you, Shindavadis. You can unmute yourself. We have something from Gail Rasangi Lewis. Was reading in our Gita call last night, chapter 2, th verses 3, 31-34, where Krishna explains to Arjuna that he must follow his nature as a Kshatriya to fight and that here is no better engagement for him, there is no better engagement for him than to fight this battle for religious principles. I became sad thinking that no one really gauges his work on these principles. It is often so random and motivated only by survival and money. Krishna also says that happy are those Kshatriyas to whom such fighting opportunities come unsought, opening up the doors of the heavenly planets. Yes, a, a, an apt point. It applies to uh, this, um, this point about um, connecting one's work to Krishna and the, the consideration of whether it's valuable or not is, is whether one's de developing a, a desire to hear about Krishna. Okay, let's hear. What else do you have to say? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Thank you for reading that verse from um, from that um, CC. Uh, so I was just reminded of uh, from Kulina because he was speaking to the Kulina Gram uh, residents. So I was reminded of that Gunaraj Khan who writes that you know uh, he does his poetry is not very like you know it may be not grammatically very rich, but because he just wrote that Krishna, the son of Nanda Maharaj, is my life and soul. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says that I am sold to him because just of his, of the bhav that he had. Yeah. So it just, I just remind, I was reminded of that. Yeah, it's a really important point. It's like when we are connected with somebody who's, who's uh, a pure devotee, then we get uh, full consideration. Whereas if somebody tries to become perfect themselves, it, it's, uh, such consideration isn't there. Uh, so, you know, bhakti is really based on uh, the principle, if you love me, love my dog. If we become a dog of a Vaishnav, or we stay in the vicinity of a Vaishnav. You know, if you hang around a Vaishnav, by, especially by following the instructions of a Vaishnav, then you can't be faulted and Krishna will take you in because he's so inclined towards Vaishnavs that he'll just say like, okay, you're with him, so you can come. And that's, that's an extreme case where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave such consideration to even a dog in the village of Kunaraj Khan because he was a pure devotee and he wrote those words. Thank you for reminding us of that. That was very nice. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. This is Radha Kripadas. Hare Krishna. Maharaj, I was just reflecting on uh, the, that, you know, our natural uh, propensities to work and in uh, in Varnashma system, or whatever propensity we have uh, in uh, whether we are Brahmanic nature or you know Shudra the Vaishya, that is, you know, many people we see that they are engaged in that propensity all the time, but.
But when you read the shloka in the beginning in the Bhagavatam, I just was feeling that the intelligence plays a huge role in determining whether you should just go with your natural propensity to do the work or at least think about what, what should I actually be doing it. If it is not focused on Krishna, then it's a useless labor. So I was just thinking many people, uh, especially in Kali Yoga, we are naturally driven by our um, propensity to continue with that work without even thinking that this is a useless labor. So I was, I was really, really struck with that verse that we should be very careful, utilize our intelligence from the authorized uh, resources uh, uh, to make sure that our energy is focused to the right source. Yeah, well, this is, this is a persistent problem I've noticed in, in India that yes. people, well, they'll say that, uh, they'll say, I'm following Gita. It's like, what are you following Gita? And then they reply, they say, just do your work. Yeah. That, that's not what Krishna says, just do your work. He says, karma nyevarikaras te ma palishu kadachana, karma palahetu bhur mati sangasvakarmani. He says, you do your work, but you don't, you don't enjoy the, the fruit of it. Uh, you don't, uh, also don't be attached to not doing your work. So that's what people pick up and then they forget the part about, don't, you, you don't have a right to enjoy the fruit of your work. So then the question comes then, so let's just say you have a, you take the trouble to grow a mango tree. Does that mean that the mangoes fall off the tree and rot? No, of course, it will eat the mangoes, but first you have to acknowledge where they came from. And so this acknowledgement is very important. This is the essence of doing work. When you're doing work, but you're acknowledging that all the ingredients for doing my work are Krishna. The income I'm getting from this is coming from Krishna, nobody else. It's not coming from my boss. Because just like nowadays, a lot of people, they have to shut their doors because they don't have any income. If they had control over the income, then they wouldn't have to shut their doors. But they don't have control. So, so that, that is coming from Krishna. So we should acknowledge it. And whatever fruit comes, we should consider this is only coming by Krishna's grace. It's not mine to enjoy. I first offered to Krishna. So it doesn't mean that we don't enjoy, but we enjoy in cooperation with Krishna. So the demoniac Varnashram idea is that just do your work and then we enjoy. And, uh, and also that leads to people, they uh, try to suppress and control others based on what their particular uh, occupation is in their life. Say mine's better than yours. The Brahminical class becomes demoniac and they say that you know, we control everybody else and, and it becomes a mess and everybody goes to hell. So the way to avoid that is by keeping Krishna in the center. That's the secret. Thank you for reminding us of that. Yes, what other things? Hare Krishna Prabhu. Hare Krishna Mali. Prabhu, um, I really like the point that you made about um, um, how sometimes it seems difficult to, um, fall, to be in a Raganuga Bhakti following the residence of uh, Vrindavan. But you just gave it practical instruction that you just do your work and every day read um, morning and evening Bhagavad Gita and Srimad Bhagavatam. And just by reading those pastimes of Krishna, then without even your, your knowledge, gradually someday you will be attracted to one of the associates. So it was very practical. Yeah, that's very true, isn't it? Let me give you a, a 
some reference for that from the Chaitanya Charitamrita. In the uh, Adi Lila, chapter 4, text number 34. Now I'm looking it up. Text 434 and about the um, one, two, three, fourth. The fourth uh, paragraph. Uh, I'll start in the third paragraph just to get a little bit of um, going here. Incarnations. Yes. Incarnations of the Supreme Personality of God had appeared in all the species of life, although this is inconceivable to the human brain, poor little human brain. The Lord's pastimes are differentiated according to the appreciating capacity of the different types of bodies of the living entities. The Supreme Lord bestows the most merciful benediction upon human society when he appears in his human form. It is then that humanity gets the opportunity to engage in different kinds of eternal service to the Lord. Wow, now that's a big deal. Special natural appreciation of the descriptions of a particular pastime of Godhead indicates the constitutional position of a living entity. Adoration, servitorship, friendship, parental affection, and conjugal love are the five primary relationships with Krishna the highest perfectional stage of the conjugal relationship enriched by many sentiments gives the maximum relishable mellow to the devotee. So there it is, Malini, this uh, point about um, special natural appreciation of the descriptions of a particular pastime of God that indicates the constitutional position of a living entity. We find that with Gopal Kumar. In fact, that's one of the main points of the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, that he, he visited many different holy places and, and met the Lord personally in those places and would serve there with a great alacrity. But then at some point, he would start, he didn't have a natural appreciation. In Vaikutha, his appreciation wasn't natural. Even in Ayodhya, it wasn't natural. And finally, when he gets to to Vraja, you know, and everyone tells him, other people, other advanced devotees are telling him, like Narada pulls him aside and says, you know, you're really fortunate, you belong to Vraja. And when he ends up there, then his natural, natural fit is there. So, and, and it's not also that somebody will feel uh, unnatural, that, uh, in other words, that, oh, uh, you know, I'm attracted here and the other people are attracted there. So I wish I was this, I wish I was that. There's a way in which those, when we, when we're naturally attracted, we feel completely satisfied. Like there's nothing better than this. Even though we appreciate the service of others, there's nothing better than what I have here. So that is the goal of the Varnashrama. And actually when Ramananda Roy and Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu were speaking together, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu inquired from him, so tell the, the best process for, for spiritual life. And Ramananda Roy began by speaking about Varnashrama, because the Vishnu Purana says, Varnashrama Avaradata, that there's a way in which you have to take up Varnashrama to attain perfection, which is true, according to Krishna in the Bhagavad Gita. But then Mahaprabhu said, this is external then he recommended giving up Varnashrama. Varnashrama uh, Vatarata. Give up Varnashrama, uh, come to the Brahman platform, 
And Mahaprabhu rejected this as external. And when he came to the verse given by Brahmaji, and then in the 10th canto, 14th chapter, where he says, Stane stita shuti katam tanuvan manobir, vipraiso jita jito pyasi chaistra lokyam, as you know well. There's, there he said, stay in your position, whatever it may be now, it could be whatever you are in the Varnashrama, but add this point about worshiping the uh, Srimad Bhagavatam, hearing from the, um, the transcendental literatures and hearing the holy name. And by that, you'll be able to come to this point that's being discussed here of having a relationship, a loving relationship with Krishna. And by that process, uh, one attains perfection. There is no other way in order to attain that uh, perfection in Vraja, other than developing that spontaneous um, attraction for one of the residents there. That is the process that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came to teach uh, in this world, because people didn't know it. They're following all kinds of rules and regulations, uh, but they're not understanding that the ultimate result, goal of that is to become spontaneously attracted to the residents of Vrindavan. Thank you. Thank you, Prabhuji. I am Sukapu Bhagavan. This is a, a, an important verse. Mukharavinda Prabhu, look it up. Go ahead, Naimasharya. Hare Krishna Maharaj. I was reflecting on the point about how we are all needing different relations, but we're really satisfied when we have the relationship with Krishna, when we enter into Krishna's family. And the way to do that is by reading about his pastimes, hearing his pastimes through Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhagavad Gita. So I really like that point. I do too. It's such a nice point. Because, you know, it's suit, bhakti is suited for us. We like to love people. This is a natural thing. It, it seems right to us. You know, why would we be spontaneously attracted to loving parents, to loving children, to loving wife, to loving friends? and uh, to loving society in general and wanting to do philotropical work if it was against our nature. It just seems right. Only when we apply it without Krishna as the center, then it, falls, it always falls short. And we feel a, a dissatisfied. Some people become angry with this and then they conclude that the, the answer is to give up all relationships. That's not the answer. The answer is that Nayam Sukapo Bhagavan Dehinam Gopika Sutta. What's the rest, Mukharvan? Yeah, Nayam Sukapo Bhagavan Dehinam Gopika Sutta. Gyaninam Chatma Bhutanam Yata Bhakti Matam Iha. This is from Srimad Bhagavatam 10.9.21, and it says the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, the son of Mother Yashoda, is accessible to devotees engaged in spontaneous loving service but he's not as easily accessible to mental speculators, to those striving for self-realization by severe austerities and penances, or to those who consider the body the same as the self. Purport. Um, Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as the son of Mother Yashoda, is very easily available to devotees, but not to tapasvis, yogis, gyanis, and others who have a bodily conception of life. Although they may sometimes be called shanta bhaktas, real bhakti begins with dasya ras, 
Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita 4.11, Ye yata mam prapadyante tamstataiva bhajamyaham mamavartmanuvartante manusha partasarvasha. As living entities surrender unto me, I reward them accordingly. Everyone follows my path in all respects, O son of Prata. Everyone is seeking Krishna, for he is the super soul of all individual souls. Everyone loves his body and wants to protect it because he is within the body as the soul. And everyone loves the soul because the soul is part and parcel of the super soul. Therefore, everyone is actually seeking to achieve happiness by reviving his relationship with the super soul. As the Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 1515, by all the Vedas, it is I who am to be known. If you're building a car or a house or in a wind tunnel, please mute yourself. Thank you. Therefore, the karmis, jnanis, yogis, and saintly persons are all seeking Krishna. But by following in the footsteps of devotees who are in a direct relationship with Krishna, especially the residents of Vrindavan, one can reach the supreme position of associating with Krishna. It is said, Vrindavanam pritya padamikam nagachati. Krishna does not leave Vrindavan even for a moment. The Vrindavana Basis, Mother Yashoda, Krishna's friends and Krishna's conjugal lovers, the younger gopis of whom, with whom he dances, have very intimate relationships with Krishna. And if one follows in the footsteps of these devotees, Krishna is available. Although the Nitya Siddha expansions of Krishna always remain with Krishna, if those engaged in Sadhana Siddhi follow in the footsteps of Krishna's Nitya Siddha associates, such as such sadhana siddhas also can easily attain Krishna without difficulty. But there are those who are attached. Okay, I'm lost now. Those who are attached to bodily concepts of life. Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva, for example, have very prestigious positions, and thus they have the sense of being very exalted Ishvaras. In other words, because Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva are guna avatars, and have exalted positions, they have some small sense of being like Krishna. But the pure, devotee who, pure devotees who inhabit Vrindavan do not possess any bodily conception. They are fully dedicated to the service of the Lord in sublime affection, prema. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has therefore recommended prema pumarto mahan. The highest perfection of life is prema, pure love and relationship with Krishna. And Mother Yashoda appears to be the topmost of devotees who have attained this perfection. So this is uh, a verse that, pro that uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu liked very much. Nayam sukapu bhagavan dehinam gopikasuta jnani namchatmabhutanam yata bhakti matam iha. Nothing compares to bhakti. And um, we can engage in that process by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, mercy. If you're giving an oratory or walking through the jungle, swinging from trees, please mute yourself. Ashraya uh, Madhava das, das says, we are always absorbed in what we are attached to. So developing attachment to Krishna's holy name by understanding that his holy name is the only refuge in Kali Yuga is very important. You make good points, Ashraya Madhava Prabhu. This is a very good point. Become attached to Krishna's holy name then uh, no one can stop your uh, pro process of perfection. Shringara Rasa Devi Dasi, thank you for being here. 
Uh, she says, uh, there is always a gap between what we know based on the scriptures and the way we act. It feels that I have transgressions on a daily basis, although I try hard to perform my duty according to the Bhagavad Gita. Will Krishna still accept my service, although it is far from perfect? What about other people who end up getting hurt due to my transgressions? Well, the answer to your first question is yes, Krishna will accept your your devotional service. And let me prove it. Let's look at the Bhagavad Gita, in which Krishna says, Apichet Sudaracharo Bhajate Mamananya Bhak. Here we are at seven, excuse me, nine twenty-nine, please. Bhagavad Gita for Sringara Rasa Devi Dasi. The thing is that um, we're, we're, we have to start somewhere. And where we're starting from is a position in which we've accumulated uh, unlimited numbers of samskars, material samskars. We've been collecting them since the time immemorial. And so they're there imprinted in our subtle body. And it's very natural for these to come out. Therefore, there's a purification process during which uh, we're going to experience some worldliness. Let me refer, first of all, to the nectar of Excuse me, Shish Upanishad. To set some foundation for this, you'll find in the Sri Upanishad a description um, in text number 17. Sorry to run you wild here, um, Manisha, but sending you all over the universe. This is from Mantra 17 of Sri Upanishad. We'll come back to this Apichetsudarachado. And it's uh, near the near the end of the purport. Three quarters of the way through. Um, Prabhupada writes, Srila Bhaktivinotaku explains these verses in this way. One should regard a devotee of Krishna to be on the right path of the saints, even though such a devotee may seem to be Sudarachara, a person of loose character. One should try to understand the real purport of the word sudarachara. A conditioned soul has to act for double functions, namely for the maintenance of the body and again for self-realization. Social status, mental development, cleanliness, austerity, nourishment, and the struggle for existence are all for the maintenance of the body. The self-realization part of one's activities is executed in one's occupation as a devotee of the Lord, and one performs actions in that connection also. One must perform these two different functions along parallel lines because a conditioned soul cannot give up the maintenance of his body. The proportion of activities for maintenance of the body decreases, however, in proportion to the increase in devotional service. As long as the proportion of devotional service does not come to the right point, there is a chance for an occasional exhibition of worldliness, but it should be noted that such worldliness cannot continue for long because by the grace of the Lord, such imperfections will come to an end very shortly. Therefore, the path of devotional service is the only right path. If one, uh, if one is on the right path, even an occasional occurrence of worldliness does not hamper one in the advancement of self-realization. And back to Bhagavad Gita 7, 20, 9, 29, uh, Lord Krishna says, 
Yeah, and here's a, a direct answer to your question, Sringara Rasa, and that is that Api Chet, he's saying here in these two words, even if, even if what? Even if you're Sudarachara, that means that you're really messed up. You know, I mean, you know, it's just like you can't get off the mat and there's all these bad things coming out of you because of the previous samskars involvement in the material world. So what are you to do? Give up? No way. As Krishna says, But if a person is trying to, they're properly situated in their intention. They know the goal of life is devotional service. They have no other intention of doing something else. It's just they're just getting whipped by their previous samskars, and it looks like they're really bad. So <laughs> Krishna says, Sadhur eva samantavyag, you should consider these people saintly. Samyak vyavasito hisaha, because they're properly situated in their determination, even if they're messed up. Sudharacharo doesn't just mean messed up, it means really messed up. So why is that? It's because devotional service is more powerful than your samskars. It's more powerful than your previous karma. It's more powerful than everything. And if you stick to it and do the, what you can with what you have right now, then Krishna will help you from within the heart to overcome these uh, limitations. And he says in the next verse, six, uh, 930, He's saying Shripram means very soon. So very soon is a relative term for some of us, for everybody. <laughs> but, you know, like people say, when are we going to get out of lockdown? It's soon, you know, within at least a couple of years. Uh, in terms of Lord Brahma's life, that's nothing. That's like, you know, a couple minutes. But in terms of, uh, you know, my idea, Shripram means very soon, Bhavati, he becomes Dharma Atma, he becomes righteous because he sticks to the determination to perform devotional service. So that's the answer to the first question. And the second question, what about other people who end up getting hurt due to my transgressions? Well, um, I'd have to hear more details about that, but um, at the end of the day, um, you know, someone who's performing devotional service, who's aware that people are getting hurt by his or her transgressions, then starts to feel that uh, maybe I should rectify myself and then um, is more careful around other people, perhaps, but there, it's a longer conversation, I think. And then there was one more from, uh, wow, let's see, Srinivas Prasad Das. Chaitanya Charitamrita Madhya 15.106, the holy name of Krishna is identical with Krishna and is like a Chintamani gem, a touchstone, very powerful statement. Srila Prabhupada further mentions having such a faith, one must continue to chant. Yes, thank you. And what else do we have from our um, audience on uh, Zoom? You can step into the Zoom room here and speak up. Thank you so much, uh, Prabhu. Uh, go ahead, Prabhu. Oh, no, you go ahead, Mataji. Well, I just wanted to mention that it is just amazing um, to know about the two verses that you just read, that uh, what a savior. <laughs> Every day I keep thinking about it, that I just act as if I'm a devotee, but I have so much, so many things that actually 
a devotee shouldn't have. So this is just a, such a big helper. I also had one comment, Prabhu. I was just thinking about when Radhakar Prabhu was talking about the intelligence. I was thinking that, um, you know, the so-called intelligence uh, of people who are extremely smart and uh, who go to, um, you know, are probably you know, top universities or scientists and things like that. Their intelligence is nothing before a person who may not be educated, but uh, has an intelligence that, you know, the goal of life is to serve Krishna. <laughs> so I was just trying to compare the two and um, I was just feeling so um, thankful that, uh, you know, this is an intelligence that's going to go with us. Yeah, Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, as Nimai Pandit, was uh, noted to be the greatest scholar of all time. He defeated the Keshava Kashmiri, and he just used to delight in his intellect and and uh, turning people around and around, spinning them around by his intellect. And then after he went to Gaya and he met Srila Ishvara Puri and he took initiation, he came back and all that was gone. And he really, of course, it could come out at any time because, you know, he's the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but, but he showed us by example he, he said, I'm Murka. In front of my guru, I'm, I'm, fool, I'm a fool. Because that's a principle. And, and if you try to exert your intellect, then Krishna will empower you to start believing in your own power of your own intellect. So it's really important to, to um, defer to guru, shastra, sadhu. And even if you think you know better, you know, don't start thinking like that. And, and, uh, yeah, the, the devotee uh, is described. Yasya Devi para bhaktir yata Devi tatagaro tasyaite katita yarta prakashanti mahatmana. If somebody has this deep faith in Krishna and Guru, then they they have the they know the conclusions of the of the Vedas, and I've seen this. Um, and actually, I was we were I was talking about this with some of their um, sangha the other day in some management situation. And just how Prabhupada used to choose devotees for his leadership early on in ISKCON, not from intellectuals, but he chose them from the devotees who he saw were faithfully engaged in devotional service, especially preaching. And not all of them were, you know, they weren't MBA types or something, you know. They, some of them were street boys. And, but they were like so loyal to Prabhupada and so dedicated that he engaged them in that way. And another incident... Um, Roy Ram was a, a devotee. His name Raymond when he first joined. This is back in 1967. And there was another devotee named Hayagriva who had a college degree in English. So Prabhupada had asked Hayagriva to help him with the, the editing of his books because Prabhupada said he wanted the books edited for force and clarity. And then uh, Hayagriva, start, uh, this Roy Ram, and I think he might have been a Raymond at the time. He was a good devotee, actually. Jai Waitamars remembers that, how that he was really smart and, and very dedicated at that time. And he was uh, also engaged in editing. And, and this um, Hayagriva complained to Prabhupada. He said, you know, he doesn't know anything like I know, because I, you know, I studied English. So, you know, what's he's going to, he's going to ruin the whole movement. And Prabhupada answered in a letter, um, that he, in which he said, no, you've you, you have the wrong calculation. It's not by some scholarship. He said, because he's a good devotee, he has qualification for doing this. 
So Prabhupada again and again would defer to this principle that you just mentioned, what real intelligence means and what real insight comes from is this implicit faith. Thank you very much. Oh, Dana Kriya. Hare Krishna. Are you there in the ashrama? I'm here in New It looks like it's nice, nicely decorated. There's some like uh, Diwali lights up there. <laughs> Christmas lights. <laughs> Very cheery. Thank you for such a wonderful discussion. I was really struck by um, a section of the purport that we read in Madhya 15, text 106. Srila Prabhupada wrote that any devotee who believes that the holy name of the Lord is identical with the Lord is a pure devotee, even though he may be in the neophyte stage. By his association, others may also become Vaishnavs. And I was just reflecting on how that, uh, this was evidence, like thinking back about reading and hearing stories of the early days, when devotees hardly had any of the books yet. They didn't know a lot of philosophy, but they just had that faith like, for example, Shamasundar Prabhu, Malati Prabhu, um, Kundamaraj going to London and making devotees like crazy. And then also just reflecting similarly to uh, Sringar Rasa Devi, how there's that gap between what we know theoretically and what we put into practice. And it just it's, it was a really nice reality check for me, just thinking, you know, when I sit down to chant Japa, do I actually do it in such a way as to as is in alignment with this fact that Krishna's name is non-different from Krishna right through the way that I which kind of um, attention I give to the holy name and sincerity that I put into it so yeah, I was really struck by that thank you yeah these are excellent points and we can see practically that those devotees who joined in the early days had faith in what Prabhupada said many of them were clean slates. They didn't have any preconceived ideas about um, Bhagavad Gita or impersonalism or things like that. Or they may have to some very light degree, but when they met Prabhupada, they just accepted whatever he said. And, and then they were very successful in spreading Krishna consciousness all over the world. Yes. So I'm just repeating what you said there. And um, the second thing, Remind me. Yeah, the second reflection was just similar to Sringar uh, Rasa Devi about how there's that gap between what we theoretically understand yeah. and, and what we practically apply. Yeah, so Krishna personally directs uh, the, the devotees. And there is, uh, I mean, for instance, there somebody wrote me yesterday and said that, um, you know, I just started chanting Hare Krishna, but, um, you know, Whenever I finish a round, I, I start crying. Is, is that okay? Or is there anything wrong with that? And, um, <laughs> you know, I wrote back and said, well, there's, they, she wanted to know if it was normal. And I said, well, it's not necessarily normal, but it's, it's definitely not bad. And that sometimes Krishna gives a, 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 a devotee early on a taste that he or she doesn't forget that, oh, this is uh, unusual. And then there's a period of time where you may have to work a little harder for it. Because based on uh, Narada Muni, when he was just a child, he had gotten that intense experience and then it went away. And then Krishna said, you know, I want you to, um, you know, try for it, basically. And so 
you know, in our Narta Nivriti, which we all go through at a certain point after taking up devotional service, we have to face what our limitations are and discipline and work through that and continue to try. And we should be encouraged by the scriptures that um, everything that we do is counted and it all has its effect. Just as in the material world, when we do things that we get the reactions and we know about those things, but we should be assured that whatever progress we make and every time you struggle to try to chant your rounds, even though the mind doesn't always cooperate, you're making progress on that level too. Thank you very much. And it's good to see you. Um, anything else? Um, this is Manjula, Manjula Pantadevasi. Um, Maharaj, I was thinking about the point you said in the very beginning when you started that people are like waiting to get back to work. And I was thinking about that uh, with the idea that, you know, um, work is kind of a routine or a rhythm for them. It's their way of life. Whereas for us, our way of life hasn't been shaken that much because we're still allowed to get up in the morning, do our chanting, do our services. And in a way, our discipline or, or our schedule still maintained, even though the material sense gratification is going up and down. So I, I feel that more than anything else, when we look at the materialists and their need for, uh, their need for uh, a, a schedule in their daily life, you realize what you constantly keep telling us, that it's so important to have a proper sadhana in the morning and have a schedule in the day. And if you don't have it, it doesn't matter if you're spiritual or material, you're going to need it. So is it something that the soul really needs, a kind of system or a standard for the functioning in a day? Is that what we miss? Yeah, the mind needs that. And the mind can be the best friend or the worst enemy. And there is a, a way in which the mind gets a, a used to a certain standard. And even if it's hellish, then uh, if you change it, the mind will protest. Wait a minute, I like my hellish standard. <laughs> this is called conditioning. Conditioning by the modes of nature. So somebody's addicted to the mode of ignorance. If you try to wake them up, they go like, leave, leave me alone. And they're in the mode of passion, even though they're getting whipped by the material energy. They go like, this is our way of life. We love it. You know, we love the way we're getting whipped by Maya. So why are you, you know, interrupting? So that really, Krishna says in the Gita, you should be smart about this and realize that these are three conditions tamas, rajas, and sattva, and you should try to cultivate sattva, which takes, um, which takes some work. It's not a default mode. It's a mode that you have to work for in the material world. And when you work for it, then you'll start to notice the light coming in. And when you get uh, happiness on that level, it's a lot easier to take to Krishna consciousness. Krishna says in the Gita, yesham tvanta katam papam jananam punyakarmanam, in order to be dridavrta or really determined in your devotional service, you have to be in the higher modes. You have to be free from these sun scars that are pounding you into sense gratification and kama loba deyascheye. And then it can really start to come out in a strong way. So this is how Rupa Goswami starts the, the nectar of, of, of devotion. And that is that you have to start with Vaidhi Bhakti. We're talking about Raganuga Bhakti here, but it's not possible without the Vaidhi Bhakti because until you're able to regulate the senses long enough to go through the Anartha Nivriti stage and systematically hear and chant about Krishna, 
then you're not going to come to that stage. Sometimes people say, well, what about just chant Hare Krishna? And that's what we've been talking about. It's all there, right? Okay, let's see you do it. Good luck. Good luck, buddy. Just chant Hare Krishna. Don't do anything else. And Prabhupada warns against this. Srila Bhakti Siddhanta also does too. So many devotees. We used to go to Vrindavan or Mayapur in the early days and everyone would get off the bus. And there was always a couple of devotees that was like, yeah, you know, I'm Hari Thakur. That's it. I'm just going to go off and sit under a tree. And uh, people tried that and they'd last like three weeks maximum. And then, you know, they would just catch a flight home on their own and we'd never see them again. <laughs> Whereas the other, the others that kept themselves in a neophyte position and just went to Mangalarti and still do. You see advanced devotees, you know, like Jayad Waitamarsh, when we're at Govardhan, we get up at 2.45 every morning because you got to be ready for our Mangal Arti by 3. It starts at 4.15. I mean, you don't have to get up at 2.45, uh, 2 whatever time you can, but he's always there. Whenever he's at Govardhan, he's at the Mangal Arti every day. And, uh, you know, he's senior devotee. He could say, like, I don't have to do this. You know, I'm already beyond this or whatever. But he just shows up. And he's there, and he's there for Tulsi Puja and things like that. So Rupa Goswami also says, or Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says, that the devotee who's endeavoring for Raghunuga Bhakti should be very regulated externally. It's external. It's not a, uh, the, the, the process of Raghunuga is internal. And as you develop it, it becomes real. And you're dwelling there within your mind and heart. It's actually naturally attracted uh, to, to Krishna, the heart melts. But externally, the devotee is very strict. You can't tell the difference between that devotee and a neophyte who's taken to Vaidhi Bhakti because they're both sticking to the rules and regulations externally. That's what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said. So um, the regulation is important in the beginning and in the end, it's actually important to some acharyas say to set an example for others as well. Until one comes to the Paramahamsa stage, then you have the, then you have the uh, where and, and you have the where. Can I add one line? Can I add one line? If you, the, until that point where you're a Paramahamsa, and you have the wherewithal to go and and sit in a secluded place, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur did, he preached his whole lifetime, but at the very very end. He, um, he sat down, you know, by himself, uh, no other disturbance and just chanted, didn't do anything else. Prabhupada was on such a rush to spread the Christian consciousness movement all the world, he never got a chance for that <laughs> because he could have done it at any time. He kept asking, please help manage the movement for me so I don't have to do that, so I can just write my books. He was in, he was in Samadhi writing and so forth, but you know, we never gave him that opportunity, even to the very end. Um, you know, he was he was attending to the international movement he had started. Oh yes, was that Radha Kripa Prabhu? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Uh, uh, just wanted to add on a little bit uh, off the not the topic on the same line. Uh, my mother's spiritual master. Uh, He's, he is 96 and, uh, you know, two or three years ago when uh, somehow uh, with his uh, you know, mercy, he uh, visited our home. 
we asked him to uh, have some uh, prasadam uh, because he has to go to Haridwar for the Bhagavatam uh, Saptah. And uh, because he was there only for five minutes, uh, for, for only one hour, when he left, he said that I, I have not finished my reading yet. So I'm only going to eat once I finish my reading. So as you mentioned about, uh, you know, the, to, to demonstrate us the senior devotees, you know, they have millions of followers, but he's sticking to his sadhana at the age of 96 about not eating unless you finish your reading. I was just like stuck with the uh, wonder, but was very uh, inspiring to hear that voice from him. So just yeah, that's a sign that somebody has this bhava in their heart. This uh, that that like Haridas Thakur at the end when he was ill, his body was ill, and he couldn't finish his prescribed number of rounds, which was like 196 rounds a day, and he couldn't finish all his rounds. Mahaprabhu told him, you know prove anything here in the Namacharya. You don't have to finish all your rounds. And uh, what was Haridas Thakur's response? Uh, you know, I'd rather, I'd rather die. <laughs> I'd rather leave my body in your presence than, than give up my uh, prescribed number of rounds every day, you know. So this is ecstasy, you know, if a devotee feels like that. Okay, let's see if there's any last points coming in. Sri Madhava Mahotsava says uh, regarding just chanting Hare Krishna as a practical means of advancement and service, but it looks like there's nothing more after that. Oh, what about if a devotee just chants and does Harinam? Well, this is a, a service to do Harinam Sankirtan. So chant Hare Krishna, uh, finish your prescribed number of rounds and does book distribution. He's adding to the list. So I, I, this is just making it easier. <laughs> Yeah, if you do uh, book distribution, Harinam, and uh, do your sadhana, then this is um, this is very nice. In fact, um, you know, I was part of a, a party. It was called the BBT Traveling Party back in the 19s. I joined in 1974 in Chicago. We had about 25 brahmacharis, one brahmacharini, and um, we used to travel different places. Our our leader of the party um, didn't have a GBC at the time. And in Mayapur, I remember in 1975, somebody said, how, how come this party doesn't have a GBC? And Prabhupada said, they're preaching all day long. They don't need a GBC. <laughs> he always deferred to the, to the preaching. Uh, and he always encouraged it also. Uh, Harinam, book distribution, these types of things. Of course, one shouldn't become an elitist also. Uh, a devotee is humble and do, doing these services should also, if you're part of a community, you shouldn't think that I'm a separatist, I do something better than everybody else, and therefore I'm not, I don't have to be involved. No, you should do the needful. People need something uh, and, and, you know, integrate as much as you can. But you should always stick to that preaching throughout your life as, the, as your life and soul, because that's the quickest way to become Krishna conscious uh, and, and be in good stead with Krishna is to teach other people about Krishna consciousness and probably particularly like book distribution and Harinam. And he said the two go well together. But if there's not a chance to have a Harinam party and only book distribution, then he said just have book distribution. Those are, that's what's called the facts. Okay, what else do we have? Yes? 
Thank you so much for the class. Srivas Prabhu. What a pleasure to have you here. Okay, please go right ahead. Um, I, I just wanted to um, thank you for, for the class and for the inspiring association that you have given us for so many years. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Well, what a touching comment, Srivas Prabhu and, and Kochirakoso, the same goes back to you, igualmente. It, it is a, um, you know, our associations that we have throughout our lives in, in the International Society for Krishna Consciousness are, are very, very meaningful. You know, these are the glue that hold us together and keep us working. When we see others dedicating their, their life and soul to spreading Krishna consciousness, despite the fact that they're very busy and, um, you know, they have so many other considerations in life, but they don't give it up. You know, we get inspired and we want, to do, we want to do better ourselves. And the friendships and the love that we develop for the devotees, uh, are that's real fellowship. That's spiritual. And that's uh, the, the beginning way that we become attached to Krishna's family. We become attached to Krishna's devotees, even as we're here practicing devotional service on this uh, little planet floating through sky with the crazy governments going nuts all over the place and people with coronavirus. <laughs> no, we're attached to, uh, we're, we're attached to the devotees. We can't do without them. We can't live without any of them, you know, and that attachment to Vaishnavas is, is the most important. Ramananda Roy Prabhu, Ramananda Roy, when he was asked by uh, Mahaprabhu, what is the greatest suffering? He said, I know of no other suffering except for separation from the Vaishnava. And if we feel like that, then, you, you know, we're in the right place at the right time. So thank you, Srivas Pandit Prabhu. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank you. Same to you, but more of it, <laughs> as we used to say as kids. Okay, what else do we have? Uh, Sri Madhava, and then we had Devavrata and Ramakrishna. What role does hearing about creation, the Vishwarup and uh, Sankhya play in developing attraction for Krishna's pastimes? Well, this is all in the realm of Sambandha Gyan. Uh, there's a mistake we've made thinking that uh, I have my body. Most people come out into the world as is exhibited in the pastime of Paranjana. When Paranjana goes to the park and he meets this beautiful young girl, a young woman, a marriageable age, she's not married, and then, you know, he starts... Um, you know, talking to her in a way that will attract her mind. And then, uh, you know, it sounds like they're going to get married and stuff. Then he asks her, so where did you come from? And uh, she said, I have no idea. I don't know where I came from, and I don't know where I'm going either. <laughs> and, and Prabhupada points out, this is, the, this is uh, the, the plight of the living entity in the material world. I don't know where I came from. I don't know where I'm going. All I know is now, she said. All I know is right now that uh, we can enjoy. That's it. That's all I know. That's the materialistic mindset. I, you know, nobody's thinking, like, where, do, where did this planet come from? How come the sun is rising? Uh, what's going on here? You know, do I have to die? Or where, did I come? Is there some karma? You know, these are elements of Sambandha Gyan. This Sankhya is very important because, as Kapiladev points out in the Bhagavatam third canto, 
when you're able to dissemble the material elements and look and see the the body if you start looking at the body if you look at it as a whole and you think oh yes i'm such and such i'm a big shot i am i wear a tie i am you know i'm very beautiful if you start looking closely you'll notice that you're just a combination of anus tiny little particles and like this body is really it doesn't really exist it's like you have clay and then the clay gets made into a pot and then the pot gets broken. Now it's pieces and then it disintegrates again. The clay is always there. The prakriti is there, but it's always manifesting in different forms. So through the Sankhya, you can start to become a little detached from the world instead of thinking like, I'm from San Francisco. I'm a 49er fan uh, because I'm from San Francisco and I, you know, I vote for such and such. This is all Maya. It's, it's a, a misidentification with a very temporary situation and it's all property. Through Sankhya, you pull everything apart and look at the parts and then you go like, hey, wait a minute, that's not me. I'm not part of that, I'm part of some other world. <clears throat> so that's important. And then you have looking at the creation, the Vishwarup. Vishwarup means in the very beginning, Shukadeva Goswami tells Parikshit Maharaj, you look at the universe and you see the planets and you understand that this is all part of the Lord's universal body. Even on this planet, the trees are the hairs of his body, the birds, when you see a beautiful bird, it's practically unimaginable how, what an aesthetically beautiful creation it is. And he said, this is my artistic sense. Uh, the camels, you know, the nails on my feet, uh, on my toes and things like that. You have to go, come out. We're coming out of a dark place in the material world, really dark place. Pravishanti. Uh, we've been absorbed in this darkness. And now we're coming into the light and this Sambandha Gyan, understanding Vishvarup and understanding Sankhya as we're getting in the first nine cantos of the Bhagavatam. It brings us into a sober condition so we can actually now hear Krishna's pastimes in the 10th canto of the Bhagavatam and not think that, oh yeah, he's just like me. Oh yeah, that's just like, uh, you know, it's like these songs I've, I heard growing up, you know, in Bollywood or, <laughs> or, or from, uh, you know, the Beach Boys singing about, you know, some girl they love. It's different, totally different category. So all these uh, points, uh, all these elements of learning are very, very important for us to become situated in a place where we can do stane stita shuti gatam tanavan manobir. We can steadily hear about the pastimes of the Lord and actually take the effect. Vikriditam raja badur virahamcha vishnu shadhan bito nishrinu yada davarna yadya. Bhaktim param bhagavati pratilab yakamad this means that if you're able to hear about the pastimes of Radha and Krishna in Vrindavan, their playful pastimes, then you can overcome the dread disease of the heart, lust. But Shraddhanvito means you have to be situated properly in your faith. And that comes from the Sambandha Gyan that, uh, and the elements you're talking about. Okay. Anyway, we did what we could. And um, we're all in this together. 
and we have to do our level best and Krishna will do much more than we imagine that he will do. And he already is. He's giving us all kinds of uh, opportunities one after another. And if we just simply try to take advantage of each one of the opportunities that he gives us, then we'll be able to transcend this really troublesome world. Do you find it troublesome in any way? Any thumbs up? Thumbs down. <laughs> it's troublesome. So Krishna certifies Dukalaya Mashashvatam. It's a very troublesome thing. But he keeps saying, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. There's another world. There's another family. There's another a way of working in this world and thinking. So you're not touched by the whole thing. So you're all doing it. Keep doing it. Have full faith in, in Krishna in the process. And in the, in the meantime, try to give this to as many people as possible because Prabhupada emphasized this unlimitedly. And that was that uh, the preachers, they get the most mercy. So especially in this time of lockdown, we really need to try to find a way to break through. Uh, a lot of people are giving up and they're just saying, ah, I should just, I hear somebody saying, I, I just give up. And, you know, it, it's a, Kali Yuga, it's a lost cause. We should just go, go to a holy place and just sit down and forget the whole thing. No way. Now's the time we really have to find a way to um, connect to people and give them Krishna consciousness. In wartime, Prabhupada said, that's when heroes are born. That's when the heroes come out, when it's wartime and your life's on the line. And then, and I'm not saying go out and start, you know, hugging people during the pandemic. I'm saying find a way to distribute Krishna consciousness despite these obstacles. That's when heroes are born. That's when you really get recognized by the Acharyas and by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is, is when you make these breakthroughs when everyone else says it can't be done and you do it anyway because you have this determination that we have to spread these books. We have to spread the holy name and you innovate and you go for it. That's when you make a lot of advancement in devotional service and Raghunuga Bhakti and everything else. So really go for it and um, don't be afraid because Krishna's in control and he's going to um, help every single devotee to come to the ultimate destination, guaranteed. Hare Krishna. Thank you very much for Monisha's uh, expert um, managing of the uh, broadcast. Re really, really appreciate it, all of us. Hare Krishna. And thanks for joining devotees from all over the all over the place on Facebook and also on coming into the Zoom room here. Hey,